Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And we are down here in Westlaco, Texas today at Teddy's Barbecue with... Joel Garcia. And Jesse Garcia. And we've been trying to get down to the Rio Grande Valley area for a long time. Um, Joel's been very quietly messaging us about, hey, why have you got back down here for a very long time? Uh, but Even we, if we're in South Houston, he's like, you Right, know, you're hey. close enough, let's go. <laughs> you know, we, we've been trying to get down here for the last two years. It's just taken us a while. And then when we knew you guys were pretty close on opening, we were really trying to plan it as close to when you guys opened because we've been following your, your barbecue career for a while, know the quality of food that you put out. And so we were definitely looking forward to getting here. So let's, let's dive into a little bit about... How you got to where you are now, starting from the beginning. Joel, we'll start with you. Um, what what early barbecue memories or experiences did you have? Um, I I mostly remember just like cooking with my dad when I was young. Um, it was always like you know we were always around fire like um, whether it was cooking cabrito or we were cooking like chicken or we were always just barbecuing for any occasion uh, on the weekends. So that was mostly what I remember uh, growing up um, was always, you know, having some sort of like interest in cooking, but um, it was never uh, like the style that we cook now. So. When, when did you start getting into cooking yourself? So a lot of times it's, it's around family and maybe they, they let you do a little bit of prep, but, but there's yeah. a point to where you kind of get to become the guy running the meat. Right? Yeah, yeah. They, even, uh, even when I was like a senior in high school, they still didn't let me near the pit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it wasn't until I, I got to college. Um, one of my aunts bought me like a tiny like little tailgating pit. It was maybe like 18 inches of cooking space. <laughs> And uh, I had it in my patio in my apartment, um, and that's when I uh, just started messing around with some chicken, uh, ribs, just doing little stuff here and there, stuff that I could afford because I was in college. Um, but uh, it, it, it kind of grew into, I was, you know, cooking for my friends and doing, you know, barbecues on the weekend every time the Aggies played and all that. So that's when I started doing it on my own, and then the interest grew after I moved to Austin. With 18 inches of cooking space, you probably weren't doing briskets back then? <laughs> no. So Jesse, what, what, what are those early memories of barbecue or cooking for you, or how did cooking become you know, a passion for you? It really wasn't a passion until around my junior senior year. And mainly what, what ended up happening, I was, I, was a, I, I was more interested in music than anything else. I think taking those culinary classes in high school kind of drove that drove that point but up until now I didn't know I was going to be cooking for the rest of my life when cooking started becoming something you did was barbecue something you gravitated towards or how did you had a barbecue I I didn't have any interest into it until he like he showed me hey let's go to Louis Mueller and try this out and whatever and from that moment on, it was just like, oh, this is this is top notch. I want to continue this with you. That's one of the places always that uh, you know people re- people notice. We've talked about it um, there. Obviously, Franklin Barbecue. Joel, uh, for for uh, for you, what was it? Um, for me, it was uh, I actually 
I was working an internship in, in the capital, right? And uh, we got a delivery for Texas Monthly uh, for that month. And it was a May 2013 issue. And it was a top 50 joints. Um, and I said, you know what? I'm going to visit all the ones in Austin. Um, and from there, it kind of grew to I'm going to visit all the ones in East Texas. So I'm going to visit all the ones in West Texas. And, and then I didn't even know that there was some in South Texas, too, in my, you know, in the valley. Um, so that was kind of the moment for me when I saw that. And really, the place that did it for me was La Barbecue back on like the South First like trailer days when John Lewis was still there. Um, I, was, I was there pretty much every like Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was the, that, that legendary spot on South First. I mean, La Barbecue's been a few different places at this point, but, yeah. but then, you know, that, was, that was the first real big spot that everyone sort of recognized them at as, you know, once, once John made the leap over there. And, yeah, you know, cooking that craft-style barbecue that, at the time, only a few places were doing. I mean, obviously now it's, the popularity has exploded and grown. Um, when did you start thinking that you might want to do this, you know, as a hobby and then furthermore a career or, or at least a job at first? Um, it, was always, it was always in the back of my mind. Um, I would say probably it was around, like, 2014, 2015-ish. Uh, we had just bought our first home uh, in Manor. And uh, my wife was like, oh, I'm going to buy you a smoker. And I said, okay, cool. And from there, it was like, I'm cooking one brisket. To, so which, which smoker was it? Do you remember? <laughs> it was at Old Country yeah. from Academy. <laughs> I, I, I figured, yeah, yeah. We, had to, we had to bring that one out. Yeah, yeah it was uh, Old Country from and Academy. And shout out to your wife. My wife has never said, I'm going to buy you a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually your it's boss. Another <laughs> pit. <laughs> or a knife. Yeah. Or a knife, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the knife podcast. Yeah. Okay, so so so, so your your wife. So yeah, we, we bought this pit, we go to Academy, we pick it up and put it in the back of the truck and then we get home and we're like, How the heck are we gonna get this thing off? Um, but anyways <laughs> we it grew from cooking one brisket to you know, let's cook two or three or whatever and then summer comes around and I'm like I get this crazy idea you know what let's have some parties and let's invite people let's you know show them what we're cooking and uh, it, it wasn't anything we were still calling it Teddy's barbecue at that point but Jesse was like literally driving up from the valley to like help me like cook and like put sides together and like it was just you know were you simple simple m- times did you have any re- you know frame of reference in terms of learning that you were using at the time or mm, not really i mean i was i was I, w- I obviously looked up the franklin videos online and kind of tried to g- go off of those but i mean it was i i found this wood guy and i had enough like kind of research that i had done and i was like all right i'm gonna cook brisket and it was i cooked a lot of bad brisket i mean for a while <laughs> It was a cheap, like, Walmart select brisket that we were cooking, and, I mean, it it wasn't very good, but to our friends, they were like, oh, this is great. <laughs> it was free to them. So. Over over your cooking history and, and as you learn, what what do you think is kind of the, the single biggest thing that you learned around cooking brisket? Um, I would say probably the way that they're trimmed is, like, the way that they're trimmed is one of the most important things, um, in, in my opinion. Um, there has to be, you know, that right amount of fat for you to build that right bark. Um, there has to be, you know, that right shape so that it gets enough smoke every little inch of it. So I think that's probably the best thing that I've learned. So, so from the backyard cooks and the backyard parties, yeah. 
what was your first job in barbecue your first actual paying job were you ever were you doing any caterings on the side or um, did you start restaurant work no i i started working at a restaurant um i got permission from my wife to get a part-time job and uh you know i said you know i want to work in barbecue and i found this job at a cafe actually in an heb it's called cafe mueller um and uh at the time they were one of the first like hebs in texas to sell barbecue um chef randy evans was running the operation or overseeing it i guess um and he oh yeah he's great he was coming in every like two four weeks and just showing us new stuff and um you know we were cooking barbecue on a on old hickory and but we were using post oak um and at the time uh we were using prime brisket we were using uh, lots of natural things about you know natural prime briskets yeah Yeah. so i mean it, it was that was my first experience in barbecue and actually that's where i met uh Zach, which is the, one of the cutters at Franklin. So me and him worked together at Cafe Miller for a while. Um, and then after Cafe Miller, uh, he was like, you know what, I'm going to apply at Franklin. Because he had a lot of experience cutting at, at Rudy's. And he, and he got the job. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to Friedman's. <laughs> I'm gonna go, I want to go work for this Evan Leroy guy. Um, and uh, never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I had been to Friedman's a bunch of times, um, and uh, I was just so fascinated with the like quality of the barbecue that that was there, and how it was like always like just like kind of chill, you know, like, it wasn't like super packed. Like you could go in at any time, have a beer, have one some of our barbecue. favorite things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the line just basically wasn't existent. And yeah, yeah. The only the only bad thing was parking about that yeah. place. But oh, other than yeah. that, I mean. Yeah, you my could my go sister in on a once paid for parking across the street at the other barbecue joint. <laughs> yeah. She paid them to park there and then walked over to Friedman's. Um, but yeah, I mean, the barbecue was phenomenal in those, those yeah. early days and the Friedman's crew that, that you guys and the had bark. back then. And the bark. Yeah. Was, was, was just killer. So, so you, you applied for the job at, at Friedman's. I applied for the job at Friedman's and Evan didn't return my email until like four weeks later. I thought he had forgotten about me, to be honest, but... You might have thought you worked for the Austin American Statesman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he replied to me and he's like, "Yeah, come by." And uh, I, uh, that's where I met Chris and Lane. Uh, and uh, my first my first uh, shift there, uh, all I was doing was uh, laying out trays uh, with pickles. <laughs> that's all Lane let me do. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Lane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seemed to work out though. Yeah, it has. Uh, did you did you have any hands on the uh, pimento cheese? Uh, yeah, I did. Because that yeah. was pretty legendary. Too. Oh man, yeah. yeah, we still have that recipe. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll be happy to share. <laughs> <laughs> My first, you know, experience there, it was, it was like, you know, I want to be around this. I I, I want to be cooking the style of barbecue. Um, obviously, it was very different from what we were doing on Cafe Mueller, um, and. Uh, I just wanted to learn as much as I could from these guys. I was working my normal like office job from like eight to five. Um, I was working in the political office. I, I mean, I won't mention who, but uh, I do an eight to five, and then I would leave my job and I would look forward to going to the barbecue place and, and cooking, finishing cooking briskets, whatever it was. I had to work the line, whatever it was that I had to do. I was just looking forward to being around barbecue, and. Uh, I worked there at Friedman's, I think it was from April, maybe 2015 or 16 until uh, May of 2017 before my wife had her son. 
And so it, during that course of time, did they did you get more hands-on with the cooking processes as you learned? or? Yeah, so uh, about three or four months into the job, uh, Evan actually left, and I was really sad. But uh, Chris took over, uh, you know, pitmaster duties and all that, and he uh, kind of let everyone else uh, kind of man the pit a little bit more. Uh, not that Evan didn't, like, teach teach me anything or teach us anything, but, um, you know, Chris was, like, uh, more of, like, the manager-type person where... And then Evan was doing a lot of the, like, 4 a.m. shifts, like, in the morning along with Brad and them, so... But uh, once Chris took over, I, I was trying to learn as much as I could from him and, and just trying to see what kind of Evan had passed on and the procedures that he had, you know, laid out for everybody. Um, so as, as the free, your time at Freedman's was winding down, um, what was the next step for you in your cooking career? So uh, my wife was about to have our son, so I left Freedman's. Um, and uh, luckily my, my job, was, uh, my office job, I had uh, paternity leave. So I, I stayed home with my son for about three or four months, and I had a lot of time to barbecue during that time. <laughs> So uh, during that time, I was just like selling like plates out of my driveway. Like I was setting up a tent and just telling my neighbors like, hey, uh, you know, if you guys want barbecue, I've got it. We we already had the 250 at that time. So um, uh, we were cooking in our driveway and saying, you know, come buy plates or buy the pound, whatever you want. And uh, we thought like we were going to stay in Maynard and live there for a long time. But... Uh, as our son grew up, we kind of tried to see, if we, were come, we were coming home like almost every month and we were like, you know what, we want to be back home. So, uh, but before we came back home, uh, I was like, I want to go back to work in barbecue. <laughs> uh, and uh, I started talking to Mike and Mark, you know, Terry Blacks, and uh, I had already talked to them previously uh, about me leaving my office job and just working in barbecue full time. And uh, they were like, you know what, we'll, we'll give you a shot. And it was around October, which is when like ACL was going on. And they were like, you know, you'll start after ACL happened. So I started after there and I was working the overnight shift um, with them, mostly cooking ribs and stuff. And, and the shift from, I mean, going from obviously Friedman's, which was a fairly small operation, to your backyard, to your front yard, to a, an operation like Terry Black's. I mean, they're seven days a week, 11 to 10, something like that, so 11 to 11. They're, they're basically <laughs> yeah. a 24-hour operation, yeah. whether they're open or not. I mean, something's going on at Terry Black's basically 24 hours a day. Right. I mean, that, yeah. that volume, how was that to adjust to? It was, it was kind of hard, to be honest. Um, what we were doing there in a whole week at Friedman's. What we were doing at Friedman's in a week, they were doing pretty much in a day. <laughs> so uh, it was kind of hard to adjust to, uh, in a sense. Um, but uh, is, that, is that a lot of pit management that, that's different? I mean, what other than just more of everything, obviously more fires is more complicated, but, yeah. but also I would imagine there's a lot of, of shuffling and moving of, of meats and um, timing and all of that. Yeah, there's a lot of different timings. I mean, we're cooking, uh, I was working the overnight shift, which is like from 11 to like 7, uh, and uh, or 11 to 9, I don't remember. Um, but uh, I was working there, and we were cooking beef ribs at night, we were cooking brisket at night, sometimes we cooked sausage, and, but mostly we were cooking pork ribs. 
Um, and uh, luckily with pork ribs, there wasn't a whole lot of shuffling. Um, we kind of just set it, and throughout the night, you know, we'd move some stuff around. Uh, we had the thing there is that there's like every pit is different. Like um, they had maybe one or two of the original pits that they moved in there still when I was there. And then they had moved in a new Moberg, and then they had moved in a, like a couple new other pits because they used to have a 500 in the back. And it was every pit was just different. Like some pits would burn really hot, some pits would kind of not draw enough. Like it was. So that that was the challenge every day. But and I would think that would that have, that taught you a lot about fire management oh, for because sure. you can see actually how each pit runs and know what you need to do to change that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, every day it was like, all right, you're on beef ribs or you're on pork ribs or you're gonna cook brisket today. So it was always like, you know, okay, so which pit am I gonna do it on? Because I gotta know like how how I'm gonna run my fire. So. So Jesse, while while he's off learning all these different barbecue things, you eventually end up at culinary school, and and what what was that experience like, and and what did you learn from the culinary uh, standpoint? I obviously learned basic knife skills. Um, I learned a lot of the pastry part of it, a lot of the breakfast portion. Uh, but as far as barbecue, I was I was with him during the time at Friedman's for most of the time for about ten months. So it was kind of your first foray in like the commercial aspect of cooking barbecue. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like the first restaurant job I actually had. Before that, I was working at HB down here. But uh, as far as jumping into the restaurant, it was washing dishes at Friedman's. And then, then eventually when Evan left, I started trimming briskets from there. And then they put me on the block and it just kept moving from there. I won't say that, that Freeman's was the first one with the hipster metal trays, but they were definitely among the first yeah. ones that I remember seeing them from. I mean, you see them everywhere now, but they, yeah. were, they were one of the first ones I remember seeing that from. And then, of and course, always, you know, always really nice plating and presentation, too. Oh, and yeah. The yeah. sides, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everything was thoughtfully done there yeah, from that's, that perspective. Yeah, that's the, the chef part of Evan yeah. <laughs> coming out. So you're working at Terry Black. Obviously, you're getting more experience in high volume. Did what was the, th- the thoughts of having your own place? Was that starting to become a realistic goal for for you and for your family? Yeah, yeah. So when I was working at Terry Blacks, uh, I would work there sometimes like Sunday through like uh, Tuesday, which were or no Saturday through Tuesday, which was like four days out of the week, and then I would get three days off. Um, and uh, I got the great idea of like, hey. I have three days off. That means I could cook more barbecue during my days off. Um, so Do you wh- still have those thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would work the four days at Terry Black's, and once a month uh, there's a festival down here in Westlaco called Alfresco Westlaco. And it's like, you know, they have live music, they have all these craft vendors, um, and uh, I thought, you know what, you know, we've done this barbecue thing long enough, why don't we try selling it? Um, so I think it was in 2017 that we started doing pop-ups down here um i would leave terry blacks tuesday morning get here tuesday night cook wednesday uh for thursday which was a festival serve at the festival um and then go back to austin friday night or friday to work friday night the terry black shift (laughs) so you ended up working seven days a week pretty much yeah (laughs) yeah that's hustling yeah well i mean obviously you had long-term goals in mind and things you wanted to build towards so when when did when did you 
start to think that, okay, maybe it's time to leave Austin? Um, it was, it wasn't that I wanted to leave Austin. It was that we were, like, like I said, we had just had our son, uh, and we really wanted him to be close to his grandparents. Um, uh, it was just something that we grew up with, you know. And being in Maynard or in Austin, it was hard for my parents and, and my wife's parents to always visit. That's a heck of a trip to make. Yeah, yeah. it's five, six Especially, hours. Yeah. Yeah. I-35 I and the traffic through San Antonio and Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so These we didn't want to make them go through that just to have to see their grandson. So we decided, you know, let's sell the house. We, we have enough uh, to move back down. And, and we did that last year uh, in 2018. Uh, June, June 2018, we sold our house and moved back down, and uh, with the intention of opening uh, a barbecue restaurant last year, um, but you know that didn't end up happening. Uh, I got a call in uh, late July uh, from a guy said, "Hey, I'm I'm opening a barbecue joint. Um, do you want to come work?" and uh, I said, well, I'm trying to open a barbecue joint, too. (laughs) Uh, I said, I don't know, what do you have in mind? So he's like, you know what, come meet me uh, here at my restaurant. Um, And uh, it just so ended up being the the owner of Smoke and Moon. Um, And uh, I prayed about it a lot. I talked to my wife. I talked to my brother. I talked to my parents. And they said, you know... Yeah, help them out you know what I mean like let's see let's see what we can do or let's see what you can do for them so I, I said okay um, so I, I I took on the job I, uh, I think initially I was supposed to kind of be like a consultant but I ended up being the pit master <laughs> and, and their their intention was craft barbecue from the beginning as well their right? intention yeah was craft barbecue um, beer and barbecue uh, was you know what they wanted to do um, and they wanted to be you know one of the places in the valley that had great craft barbecue um and uh they did it big i mean they brought in two oilers uh you know we got them connections to where they could bring in post soak you know monthly um so and they were sourcing you know prime briskets they still are uh, so yeah in, in, they, in, they in they the valley how did that how did they go over i mean post oak versus mesquite and and prime brisket and, and sliced brisket instead of chopped beef sandwiches and yeah. tacos. I mean, that, that had to be a, a big a big shift. Yeah, uh, people would, would walk in and, and uh, it, it was almost like they've never been to a barbecue joint before. <laughs> uh, they would walk in and be like, "What? Like this? This is actually this is brisket?" Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean it was it was just different. Um, uh, different style of service, I guess that they were they were used to. Um, but to to us, uh, we always just compared it to. Have you been to Rudy's before? It's similar. You order by the pound. Uh, you know, you order a sandwich or a potato. Uh, you know. And so. I, and I think maybe that helped as the expansion of Rudy's over the last few years. Um, interestingly enough, for those that, that may not know, I mean, Rudy's doesn't sell plates. They only sell by the pound. Yeah. And so it, for people that have never seen that before, Rudy's is much more popular. And so they get maybe they start to understand that experience, yeah. um, which and, helps. Yeah. And from a personal standpoint, from, for you, it was kind of your first chance to put your, you know, to where you were the lead guy at an operation. Yeah. You know. And that was part of the main reason why I took the, took the job was... I, I saw it as an opportunity to kind of uh, uh, 
learn more about how to operate and how to, I mean, I already knew how to cook volume, you know, to go to the factory, Terry Blacks, <laughs> uh, and they teach you, they teach you that, but, um, uh, you know, as far as operations and everything like that, I never got to see that part of, of the restaurant business, so I, I, that's why I took that job. And I, I, I said to Jesse, I said, I can't do it without you, man. I said, I got to run the pits. Uh, you got to help me cut. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we, we opened that place up last October. I think they're getting ready to celebrate their first anniversary. So, um, and uh, I think it's, it's going well for them. I mean, yeah. obviously they made, you know, we made top 25. And yeah, I mean, that, that's a really great accomplishment, so. you know, obviously for them and for you as well, you yeah. know, is, is you were the lead pit master at one of the top 25 new barbecue joints in the recent Texas monthly list. And so, I mean, any of those things are, are, are a good thing because they raise your profile and let people know the, the, the track record quality that you produce. And that's why, you know, we, we knew before before you ever moved back down here from Austin, we knew the quality of barbecue that you're able to produce. We but were it, watching you. We were watching for a long time. <laughs> But 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 it does. It, it lets everybody in the community, you know, in the barbecue world, the barbecue community, know that 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 you do know what you're doing. That you've got this experience. That you really you know cut your teeth at these quality places, whether it's Freeman's, Terry Black's, Mook and Moon. And then as you know, as the as the dream starts to become a reality of, of Teddy's Barbecue becoming a, a brick and mortar restaurant, uh, how did that process sort of unfold, Jesse? If you want to start with with kind of how it unfolded for you, I know you're working at Smoke and Moon with Joel. It was kind of like we had whole load of ideas we had places we were looking into um at one point it was going to be like a food truck at another point it was going to be a really like big thousand foot square restaurant but at at the end of the day it came down to this place it was around around a good size for us and easy for us to manage well being only me and him up front and back there uh, i was i was working at Salt New American Table, which is more of the kind of like fine dining aspect of McAllen. Uh, so I, I was kind of trying to implement some of those things over here. And we, we still kind of do. It's just, uh, it's all back there. It's all back in the kitchen. It's nothing like too fancy or anything. It's, it's those little touches that you're able to put on things that even some of the customers may not be able to put their finger on it, but you know that there's something unique about a side is not just the side that they've had from barbecue joint A, B, and C. There's something a little bit different in what you're doing. Oh yeah, there's there's a whole process. I think it took us like two years to actually get macaroni like stable to where it's hot and it's still like creamy. Yeah, well, it's one of the things that we immediately recognized too is when we came in, that you guys were cooking a fresh batch of mac and cheese, so it, it took you know it, it you know it took a couple minutes to come out and that was fine. Like we we've had so much bad steam table mac and cheese that's been sitting there for hours on end mm-hmm. and be, and it's just it's not a side that holds very well it's a very yeah. difficult side to hold because either the, you know either if it's too much of a of a runny bechamel it gets too yeah. soupy if it's not it becomes gloopy and that's not very appealing either but cooking yeah. it to order you know a couple of times a day um, really does help bring up the quality of that and side understanding how to, how to hold and keep fresh i mean we we've argued back and forth many times on green beans and yeah. just you know how well, do you how can you keep them fresh and, and crisp yeah. throughout the day we, yeah. we've told a lot of stupid stories many times on the show i don't know if we've ever told this one so i'll tell it quick we accidentally made smoked mac and cheese one time uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we we you know, we're doing one of our pop-ups we made mac and cheese and then we have limited space of where we can hold things so we decided we're just going to hold it in the alto sham with the brisket and everything else and so we're serving it and everyone's like oh, this mac and cheese is really good did you smoke it really no we didn't smoke it we cooked it 
you know, stovetop oven, whatever. And we realized, oh, yeah, it's been sitting in with the freaking smoked meat for two hours. So, yeah, now it tastes like smoked <laughs> mac and cheese. So there you really go. good, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the accidental way to make smoked mac and cheese. Yes. But enough about the stupid things we do. So Teddy's Barbecue becomes a reality. A brick and mortar becomes a possibility. How did you guys get to where you are now to where we have a nice, beautiful, open restaurant where you're serving the community? Um, well, it, it was... We could have opened a lot earlier than, than we did. Um, the thing that held us back was um, in January of this year, uh, unfortunately, the, the, manage, the general manager, uh, Smoke and Moon, stepped away. Uh, so being the nice guy that I was, I was like, yeah, you know what, I, I can manage. Uh, <laughs> so um, uh, I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll step in. I'll, I'll, I got to learn some of this stuff anyways, uh, how to order and this and that. So. Um, but also the landlord, uh, from this place wasn't ready, uh, to quite, uh, lease it to us. He wanted to make some upgrades. Uh, he put some tile in and did some stuff, cleaned up the kitchen a little bit for us and, and little things here and there. Um, but he was taking his time, uh, because he was also dealing with some stuff, uh, personal stuff. Um, so it was him and then the job that I had that was kind of holding us back. Uh, to, to open the place up um, and then finally in June he was like hey you know what I think we're ready to lease the place and I was like well uh, let's do it so we, we signed a lease in June saying you know we're going to take over in July um, and uh, took over in July and, and immediately started trying to flip the place um, and uh, uh, it took us about two months uh, to get it to where we are now uh, it was an easy transition because it was already a barbecue joint so, um, and most of the equipment we already had in storage, because, uh, you know, we, we, had, uh, we had been doing pop-ups, and as we were doing pop-ups, we were making a little bit of money, um, and we were like, you know what, let's reinvest this, let's buy a warmer, or let's buy a fridge, or let's buy this or that. Um, and we put it all away, um, because the end goal was restaurant. Uh, so, it was, it was easy to just kind of come in here, fix it up a little bit, move everything in. The more, um, the more people we talk to about opening up a brick and mortar, the, the time that you think it's going to take and the time it really takes yeah. are, are always like double, if not more. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned like the, the, the actual property owner doing some changes. I mean, what kind of things did you run into as far as trying to get open that, that maybe you weren't expecting that um, you know, somebody one of should? The, <laughs> Uh, one of the main things was running some plumbing for like soda machine, um, putting in a new sink, like stuff like that that we didn't like think we needed to do. Um, uh, we also built that counter because uh, <laughs> that wasn't there when we got here. Um, and you know we're not very much carpenters, but you know, we, we we watched a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you faked it well. If you yeah. Didn't. yeah. Uh, it, lo it looks really good. No, the, the place looks really nice. The food matches what we knew it would be before we ever ate here. But uh, tell us a little bit about what people can come to expect on Teddy's Barbecue menu. Um, well, we got uh, a lot of, uh, you know, the central Texas, like, inspired meats, uh, brisket. You know, we got pork ribs, sausage, a couple sausages that we make in-house, a chile piquin, um, uh, jalapeno cheese. That chili piquin is really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then uh, we do beef ribs once a week, uh, and as well as turkey and chicken. Um, and then 
traditional sides uh, that you find up there, uh, mac and cheese, cream corn. Uh, we got a really mustardy potato salad. Um, and then uh, we also got pinto beans, uh, like kind of like a brisket, brisket bean. So we noticed on the uh, on on the cream corn, it's it's very creamy. Yeah. Um, without giving away any secrets, um, there's something other than cream in there to kind of thicken <laughs> that consistency. So, um, but it was it was really good. Um, yeah, yeah, Jesse. Maybe, I mean, maybe we, maybe some cream cheese. <laughs> yeah, there, there was definitely a thickener in there, and yeah. it was really good. It yeah, stood it out. Good. It was, and that's one of the things when you get a familiar side, but it's done in a little bit of a different way. It's really fun, you know, especially for nerds like us that eat so much barbecue. It's fun to have those little twists on things where it's like, oh, this is a little different than I've had before. And yeah. so, yeah, kudos to you guys for that. So, I mean, including the barbecue sauce. I mean, we're seeing a lot of tomato-based, ketchup-based, vinegar-based, tangy, and sweet sauces these days. And it was nice that. Yours has a lot of vinegar, has mustard in it. It has a very unique flavor to it, and we really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has a lot of like uh, spices that are like kind of uh, tied to the area. I guess it has a lot of cumin in there. Um, so chili powder, a bunch of chili powder in there too. Um, cumin is an easy spice to go overboard with, and you definitely did not with that sauce. So yeah. thank you, because <laughs> we're guilty of it ourselves. We've gone overboard with cumin on a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's really good. It, it tastes like it would be great on a sandwich. Like it'd be really good. Obviously, we didn't eat sandwiches, but uh, it sounds like it'd be a really good, or tasted like it'd be a really good topping on there. Yeah, people people really enjoy when we do uh, a chopped beef on Thursdays. Uh, we mix it into the brisket, um, and then you know we serve that on a bun, and people really like it. Uh, it, it complements the barbecue really well because it's really like mustardy, like acidic, and barbecue's real fatty. So, so let's talk about the thing we didn't get to eat. Hey, let's talk about that cake there. Yeah. <laughs> they were sold out, so uh, yeah. No, this is our own fault. We got here too late. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. So my sister um, uh, Rosie, uh, she runs a little business on the side. She's a bakery manager at an HEB, and uh, she runs a little side business, business called Rositas Sweets and Treats. Uh, so she makes uh, uh, desserts for us. Um, she made a banana pudding cake uh, that. Was, uh, Doesn't that sound delicious, audience? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, it, it has a like a you know homemade buttercream and 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 a whipped cream, and then it also has bananas and vanilla wafers in the middle. Uh, banana pudding, obviously, in the middle as well. Um, uh, and some touches, I guess, that she doesn't like disclose to us, but you know, <laughs> it, it we've got a lot of good feedback on it. So. Yeah, no, it, it looks phenomenal. It, you guys have been open for only a few weeks now, but obviously the 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 early results look good. We had you know we were here pretty late in the afternoon. You had a pretty good crowd in here, so it looks like hopefully the locals are starting to to see what you what you're doing out here, and then hopefully the future looks really bright for you guys. What's the best way for people to follow along, get a hold of you, contact you if they have any catering needs, if they want to come in? Um, so uh, they could always message us uh, either on Instagram uh, or Facebook. Um, I think uh, Teddy's Barbecue on Instagram, uh, at Teddy's Barbecue, I think, on Facebook as well. We're also on Twitter, but we don't really use it that much. Um, and then you could either call us, uh, 956 532 Yeah. I didn't memorize your number. I'm staring at a sign. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and, and the location here? The location, uh, we're at a 2807 uh, North Texas Boulevard uh, in Westlaco. So we're kind of like north, north Westlaco. Thursday through Sunday? Yeah. Thursday through Sunday, we're open 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. or until sold out. 
And yeah. so, we're, you know, again, we're, we've been looking forward to, to, to this moment for a while. We, we, you know, we, we've been wanting to get down here for <laughs> a long time. I think have been bugging you enough <laughs> to, to come down yeah, here. Yeah, we, so. we've been looking forward to it. Ever since yeah. we, we saw you moving back down here, we knew eventually that this was going to become a reality for you. And so we're, we're excited to see, you know, how, how you know, this unfolds for, for both you guys and for your families. Um, you, you've got a lot to be proud of, and we, uh, we look forward to the rest of it.